everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Web Boots Podcast, where I talk to people and get a chance to hear their military story. It's October, which means it's Hall- Halloween is right around the corner. Hence the costumes. Fucking big birds over here. And I am a, and I am a luchador in a press conference. Uh, we got a wild one here for you today. Uh, my guest today is a total badass. She's one half of One Thing or Another podcast. She's a Marine recruiter. And best of all, she claims that she's better than the whole arm, whole damn army itself. Please welcome my guest, uh, my guest today, Sandra Ortiz, or or how, I hope you know her, uh, Barbara Lorelei. Hello. Hey. <laughs> Depending on where you know her, she's she's two different people. Yep. You have to. You have to be mysterious at all times. Never let them know your next move. Nope. Hell yeah, I like that. So, Barb, we'll call you Barbara. Let's do it, Barbara. <laughs> Barbara. So you're a marine. She's a, she's a marine. She's a marine. Oh. And she's loyal. Oh, first to fight, she's loyal. <laughs> yep. God, that's gross. Courage. Co- co- what is it? Courage. Co- uh, I don't know. This is your anthem, not no, mine. It's the TikTok. You know. Yeah, that's your anthem. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did you get started? The podcast is great. I heard I heard a couple episodes coming in. Um, we were talking about it backstage, my kitchen. Um, so how did you guys get started? Cause you, you do this with your friend Jess, right? I do. Yes. How'd you, yeah. how'd that start? Um, so we pretty much have like similar lifestyles as far as like being a single mom and being divorced, being in the military, being active duty moms. Um, and we just wanted to capture what it's like to like, you know, be a single parent and dating after divorce and, um, the drama that comes with all of that and just how like life always throws you like curveballs, you know? Yeah. Um, there's always something happening, which hence are, are the name of our podcast, one thing or another, you yeah. know? Because sometimes you're smooth sailing through life and then all of a sudden, you know? Trauma. Get, yeah, trauma hits you in the <laughs> face and you're like, fuck, yeah. one more thing, you know? Um, so I think it's like the struggles of like going through whatever you're going through, getting through it, going through like smooth sailing and then boom, you know, another thing happens. Um, so we just wanted to capture that. I like it. Cause not a lot yeah. of people talk about that. And, uh, if they do, it's really closed. Uh, it's a really closed door type of conversation, Yep. but it's, but, but more often than not, more people get divorced now than any time before. And it's important to be able to talk to people and be like, Hey, well, in your case, as a, as a single yeah. mother, it's a different yeah. case as me as not having kids, which is all my single fathers out there, I feel for you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, nobody really talks about it, but we just want to be raw with it and, yeah. you know, make sure people know that life is in just because you're going through it. Like there's other people going through it too, you know, and yeah. you're not alone. And I think that's, that was our whole reason to do it is to sometimes we feel alone. You know, there's things where like, Sometimes I feel like I'm the only one going through it and we want to make sure that people know that they're not alone, um, especially with how huge the suicide rate is oh, in the military. Yeah. Um, so it's just like a platform too that people can listen to and be like, okay, someone else is going through the same thing that I am and I'm not alone. So. Yeah, it's always great to hear when somebody else is going through the same thing. Not great because you yeah, feel for them. Yeah, it's not great because it sucks but you feel the connection. It, but you feel the connection and you know you're not alone and... Um, if that person can get through it, then, you know, it, it gives you hope that you can get through it too. So I think that's what, where we came 
with the idea of the podcast to keep showing people that just because you're going through th- uh, tough stuff or tough times doesn't mean that that's it. You know, that's mm-hmm. the end of it. You're going to get through it. And unfortunately, you know, you're going to go through the times where you're everything's going good and life is not handing or giving you lemons, you know, but um, when life gives you lemons, you just got to make margaritas, make margaritas. Yeah, baby. (laughs) Yep. So, so check that out. One thing or another podcast. It's really great. There's a, there's an episode on there called uh, second chances, which we talked about and it's wild. It's wild. Uh, But other than that, you're also a Marine. You're a badass, and you claim to be better than the, than the rest of the no Army. No big deal. No big deal. So, yeah, and you also claim to be better than the rest of the Army, you right? You know, what can I say? We, um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What can you say? <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, uh-huh. the Marines. That's, uh, that's it. That's all you're saying, the Marines? Yeah, the Marine Corps. Sometimes. All right. <laughs> All right. Hey, I guess so. Uh, so I'm just kidding. I love the army. No, you don't. You know, at first, you know, it was a little, you do have that stigma of like Marine Corps and army, Uh but you guys are good. You guys are cool. Yeah. I mean, I guess the Marines aren't too bad. Yeah. You guys are good. I mean, we're the best, so that's oh, okay. I don't know about that. Well, we can di- agree we to can, disagree. Yeah, we can. Yeah. This let's, is this is my pla- this is my platform, <laughs> and the army is the best. All right. Sure. <laughs> I'll agree with you just because I'm on camera. <laughs> so, when did this uh, journey of yours in the Marines start? Uh, so it started back in 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, after obviously I graduated high school, um, went to college for a little bit. Um, you know, we talked about backstage, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, I, I like to call it backstage, but backstage. it's just my kitchen. <laughs> His kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, I am Hispanic, I'm Mexican, um, got, was raised by my mom for a little bit, single mother. Um, then my dad, my stepdad came into the picture. Um, he was, he's like, I don't even know how to say much. He's in English. Uh, toxic masculinity. Toxic masculinity. Yeah, super. You know, Mexican dads are... (laughs) You know how they are. You know know how they are. (laughs) Just that toxic masculinity (laughs) all around. Um, So, like, growing up, I I was always told that, you know, I would be married and have, like, ten freaking kids and all that shenanigans. And I refused, refused to... um, that stereotype you know I just could not I remember like even growing up my parents um trying to hook me up with like we would go to parties and be like oh you see Jose over there yeah they're trying to pawn you off yeah (laughs) what the fuck they'd be like you see Jose over there you know you should go be his girlfriend I'd be like no like Like, his parents got a lot of land in Mexico I don't know about land but (laughs) every every time I would go to like a Mexican party and there was like a single dude there, you know, and he was Mexican and, um, they would always try to like hook me up with somebody. And so like the biggest thing was like, you know, we wanted to get married to a good man and, you know, you're going to have his kids and, you know, you're going to be that wife that, you know, he's going to go to work and he's probably going to go work at a factory and like, what the fuck? Shit, you know? And I was like, I refuse to live this lifestyle. Yeah. Like I am not doing this. I saw so much better for myself. Hence the Marine Corps, right? <laughs> but so, the, yeah, so one of the biggest reasons why I think I joined was to prove to my father that um, just because you're a female 
does not mean that um, you are destined to just be a fucking wife and a mother. Um, women are destined to be more than just that. So I chose to join the Marine Corps because it's the hardest branch. Yes, I said it. If you could see my facial expression. <laughs> Good thing he's wearing the mask. <laughs> Fuck. So pretty much you just joined out of spite. Pretty much. Um, well, spite and um, I was in eighth grade or I think it was in seventh grade when 9-11 happened. Um, and I also remember like the feelings that I felt, you know, when I was on my way to school, um, we were in the bus and, you know, the bus driver used to play like music mm-hmm. uh, on our way to um, school and it was always like a Shanti and Ja Rule. Hey. For some reason, that song always came out every freaking morning on our way to school. So I remember that's the song that was on. And I remember like paused um, and there was like a brief silence. And then the news came on and we're like, they started talking about the first, uh, the, the first, first tower got hit. And I'm from Chicago. So like the bus drives or, you know, the bus on the way to school everybody all those um kids are like rowdy as fuck you know you can cuss here it's fine okay cool (laughs) (laughs) they're just like rowdy and like yelling and screaming and like singing and dancing like we're from chicago so you can just oh there it is you can just imagine you know how crazy we get there it is so um everybody shut up Mm -hmm. like when the news came on and they mentioned the um the first tower getting hit everybody was quiet and like i have never like i said because we're all super rowdy i have never heard silence even in the classroom or on the bus um so just like feeling that of like everybody was just like everybody was paying attention yeah everybody was paying attention to what just happened and like the feelings that i felt um i think that also obviously despite of trying to prove to my dad that i was capable of more but I think also being wanting to be a part of something bigger yeah, um, and deploy and, you know, be a part of like the military. Cause as an immigrant, the, um, the United States had given me so much and uh, so much opportunity. Like I also wanted to give back to yeah. this country. Um, so I think those are some of the reasons why I joined the Marine Corps. And, that, and, and it's interesting that you say that because um, for me, when I, I did not join the Marine Corps because I joined the best branch. Right, but, right. Um, when I joined the Army, I, I just joined because uh, I just wanted to get out of San Diego, right? I just I, I didn't have anything going on. I wanted to join. And then kind of like as, as I grew up, my, my uh, kind of like my reasons changed. And it's exactly what you said. Like the, yeah. this country has given so much to my family. I feel like it's my job to give something back right. by joining, right? Um, so tell me about uh, basic training and, and all that stuff, because I have no idea what's what's going on with uh, Marine basic training. Um, so for me, um, I think basic training was easy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, not in the, I think physical aspect was a little hard, um, just because um, I never really put my body through like stressors like that. I was, oh, I did do track for like a little bit and then I did soccer. So like I was all right and running. Um, but the phys- physical aspect was a little hard, uh, but like the mental aspect coming from Chicago and having such a rough uh, childhood, um, I think it was, I don't know. I laughed a lot in boot camp. <laughs> I gave a lot of attitude. Um, 
I think that if anybody of my, my high school or my uh, boot camp buddies watch or listen to your this podcast, they're probably going to laugh because they're going to be like, it's stupid bitch. Because <laughs> um, I used to get the platoon in trouble because, like I said, it wasn't, it wasn't hard. It was... To me, like, I got yelled at so much by my parents, and my dad used to, like, be super mean that, like, for me, boot camp was, like, like, you're just, you're yelling at me. Like, yeah. what do you want me to do? Yeah. And they'd be, like, yell harder, and I'd be, like, I ma'am. <laughs> you know? Like, I ma'am. Like, I'm not going to yell harder. Like, I don't care. Um, so. It's your nature to go against the grain. So. Yes. I mean, it's rough growing up in Chicago, you know? West Side. <laughs> outside <laughs> um so i don't know it was it was different um obviously it's different in the it is different mentally um you're going through your training to obviously for the military and boot camp's not easy it wasn't easy for a lot of people it's a different transition but i think for me um the physical aspect was kind of hard i had never held a weapon in my life um, being from Chicago, you never held Chicago. It? I never held a weapon. I now take my Chicago card. Yeah. Um, so I think that was different. Um, but I don't know. I think boot camp was. So men- mentally it was easy. Mentally physically it was, it was a little challenging. Easy. Yeah, for sure. That, that, I mean, that's usually the case for most people. Um, physically it's pretty hard cause you, you're not used to that kind of physical no, uh, exercise yet. Um, tell me, tell me, uh, uh, something that you remember that really stood out to you from basic training. Um, so one of the things that I like remember about boot camp is, um, it was Wait, like you hard, guys call it boot camp. Boot camp. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's like a heart to heart that I had with one of the drill instructors. Um, one of the things that like they, um, always make sure it was that our hair was like, even though you're going through boot camp, like your hair was going to be good, you know, no flyaways, like nothing, like you better have that thing, like get your edges straight. Yeah. Like it better be like glued to your freaking forehead, you know? Um, and that morning, I don't know what I was thinking, but like my hair was busted, you know, it was not looking good. Um, so we were marching and they were teaching us drill. And all I remember is like my drill shirt just like fucking grabbing me from the blouse and like pulling me out of the, the platoon and um, I was like, what the fuck did I do now? <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck. And um, she was like, oh, you want to have flyaways? You want to fucking have flyaways? I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, I hadn't seen myself, you know. Um, and it was hot. Mm-hmm. If you've, I mean, it's just like here, like North Carolina. South Carolina is really hot. Um, even in. You did your basic training in South Carolina? Mm-hmm. I, thought it was all, I thought it was in. Uh... So now you can do both. You can do. Paris Island, and then females can go to San Diego now. Oh, okay. But back in 2007, you could only go to Paris Island. Okay. Um, so she pulls me, takes me to the squaw bay. And um, this might be a little bit hazing, but I won't say her name. That's fine. Yeah. Um, she puts me against the wall and makes me do like a wall sit. And then she makes me hold like my rifle out. Um, I'm pretty I like, sure. I like that. I was in that position for like 30 minutes. And during that little evolution, um, she pretty much just went on like a rant about how, um, you know, female Marines have it hard in the Marine Corps and we always have to be at our best, um, just because everybody's going to be judging. Um, 
and then she you know she spoke about being a latina in the military and how hard that is as well and she talked to me a little bit about her you know background of where she came from i think she was from california um so even though she was like punishing me in a sense she was giving you a life lesson for my hair being busted um she took that moment to also kind of motivate me and like give me um you know like a speech about you know what i have to look forward in the military and um why i have to have so so much pride in the little things even as fits just my hair um kind of a little reality check yeah like a little reality check and i think to me that meant like so much just because it you know brought me back to why i joined the marine corps and why i wanted to prove to you know certain people that i could do um what i signed up to do hell yeah shout out to you drill sergeant in south carolina in what what year was this 2007 in 2007 for teaching her a damn good life lesson she knows you know who you are you know who you are we love you (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) so so you got a you got a pretty not a rough but you got a good wake-up call in the marines and what's to be expected of you later on and why you had to prove yourself What's crazy, I don't know if they do it in the army, but like for women Marines, like the, they tell you in boot camp that you're going to be three things. I don't know if it's the same thing. Obviously you're not a female, so you wouldn't know unless you are. Well, I identify as one. You never know nowadays, you know? Well, you can't assume my gender. Yeah, I cannot. And you can't ask it. That's illegal. Is it? Yep. Okay. Well. Onward. So, you know, who knows? (laughs) We won't know what you really are. Never let them know your next move. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So the three things that they tell you not to be in boot camp or, or that they're going to be is you're either going to be a bitch, mm-hmm. you're going to be a slut, oh, or you're going to be a dyke. Um, oh. Yeah. <laughs> they tell you this in boot camp. Yes. Those, so, like, you literally get sat down on the freaking squat bay and your drone instructors will tell you, like, those are the three categories you're either going to fall under. Oh, fuck. And you're sitting there like, what the fuck? So you're saying that these are the only three things that not like, so being a good Marine is not one of the fucking categories. Like I'm yeah. just going to be a fucking bitch. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fucking be a slut or I'm going to be a fucking dyke. Like that's horrible. Like that's something like thinking back now, it's like the fact that those were the three things that you told me I was going to fucking be instead of like telling me that I would be like a great fucking Marine and you know, I was going to stand out and, um, excel in this military career and but no it's like you're there's only three fucking categories so i thought that was pretty shitty at first um but it it really is a reality like once you hit the fleet and it's like you kind of do have to be you you kind of choose what you want to be and you've met a couple of the three fuck no you've never met a couple of those three Oh, okay. I thought you were... Just, no, no, no. I, I said like, met. I were about no. to fucking fight. No, you know jujitsu. I'm not trying to get my ass beat in my own house. Yeah. You've no, met a couple I, of those. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, which is also crazy because as you're even going through boot camp, you start kind of realizing like... Oh, you can see it. What category the people are going to fucking fit into. <laughs> for sure. Okay. It's crazy. You have anybody from uh, boot camp, because I'm used to calling it basic training. Do you have anybody from boot camp that um, they that really stood out that you remember? You're like, oh, I wonder what happened to them. Um, so we, which I just told a story actually earlier today at a family party or at a birthday party. Um, we had a girl that was a fucking witch in our platoon. <laughs> yeah. 
It's insane. Um, I don't even remember. I think her name was like Winsel or something. What the fuck? No, actually, no, it wasn't that. She wasn't it. Nope, wasn't that. I don't remember her name. Shout out Um, out to Winsel. Yeah, but um, (laughs) yeah, we had a girl that practiced uh, witchcraft in our um, platoon, which was crazy. Um, every, every time we had like our, which we talked about, I don't know how you, would you call it an army, but in the Marine Corps, we call it square away. No, you called it. What did you call it? <laughs> no. Okay. Cubby time. There it is. Cubby. It was the little cubby and you sat on it, <laughs> but it's actually called square away time. Okay? We're calling it cubby time. So when you guys had cubby time, what happened? <laughs> On our cubby time, we used to sit down, and uh, it's when you wrote your letters to like your family, and um, you, if you needed to, you know, do your uniforms, iron them, whatever. That's the time that you, like you took to do it. Um, but while everybody else was like writing letters to their, you know, family members, and other people were fixing their uniforms, or you know, some people would be doing laundry. Like you, it's literally time that you take for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, this girl would be in the corner, like practicing, like pretty sure witchcraft. Um, yeah, scary. We were all terrified. Um, but, uh, she ended up telling she, she, the senior drill instructor, which is like our, I don't know what you guys call it, but it's senior drill sergeant. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Same thing. Yep. Um, pretty much told her that she was going to get like dropped just because she wasn't really training with like the rest of us. There was like no cohesion. Like she just never talked oh, to any of us. She stood out too much. Yeah. Like, like she set would herself not, apart. She too would much. never talk to any of us. Um, and we would try to like have a conversation with her, but she just like did not want to tell us. Like she didn't want to talk to us. Um, and I remember her like screaming at her senior drone show. And she was like, I'm going to curse you for life. What the fuck? Yeah. And, um, Jesus, it was, it was, it was pretty scary. So I think that, that, stands out like because there's so many different people from different lifestyles that mm-hmm. just kind of get put together in like a freaking squad bay and it's like here you go train and get along with get each along other along with each other and it's like there's so many people from different lifestyles and different backgrounds and you know sometimes you just can't get no along. no whatever Especially, happened to her she you know they gave her the boot and she got out of the uh, military or whatever boot camp um, and who knows what happened? Shout there. out to you. Yeah, I hope she's still out there probably practicing. I love you. <laughs> He's single. Oh, God. <laughs> but I'm not trying to get into that Wiccan shit. Um, no disrespect, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not into the Ouija board and all kinds of, uh, that's scary. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. My brother used to play with the Ouija board oh, when I was a kid, no. so pretty sure I'm cursed somehow. Oh, shit. I mean, she, she cursed, she probably cursed me. Oh, man, probably. She's like, every, she's like you and everybody you know are going to yeah, be cursed. I hope not. Thanks for that. Sorry. Oh, God. So after <laughs> boot camp, you go, you guys don't go straight to AIT. What we call AIT, which is your MOS. Yeah. No, we don't. You guys go to MC- MCT. Yeah, I have to look at my notes. Uh, MCT. What is MCT? Um, so MCT is like a version of like an infantry school type of thing for like all the MOSs that are not infantry. Um, okay. So I'm sure, I don't know if you've heard it, but every Marine is an infantry or every Marine is a rifleman. Every Marine is an infantry. infantry. Sorry. Every Marine that's watching me, I'm so sorry. Clip that. Yeah. Uh, every Marine is a rifleman. So okay. <laughs> um, we all have to go through combat training and that's what that is. Um, it's like our Marine combat training. of like our infantry. 
training. Okay. We uh we do a lot of hiking, a lot of digging holes. You guys hike? Yeah. Those are regular hikes. Yeah, I guess I mean it's. I mean that's fine because in the army we do we do rucks, but that's fine. I mean I guess it, I guess the Marines have it thing. easier. Hiking, rucking. Same no thing. hiking, you don't have a pack. Rucking, you have an eight no, pound sack on you. No, we had a pack. Oh, so you're rucking. Yeah. There it is. But well, we call it hiking. Well, that's why the army's better. So right. you after that you go. So that's when you go to your actual MOS training. And then we go to our MOS training. How was that? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> why? <laughs> I really don't have much memories of my MOS school other than passing and then... you just fucking partying up. We were just balls partying off. it up. Well, it's so when you get... When you're raised in a household where, like... It's super strict. do anything and you're strict and you're not allowed to um, go out with your friends yeah. as much and go to parties and whatever. When you turn 18 and you join the Marine Corps, you kind of go a little bananas. Because you go, you have your freedom. Yeah, you have freedom. Like, I don't... We I'm, all had freedom, you know? You put a bunch of 18-year-olds in a, uh, what is it, uh, barracks. What do you expect? They go, they go They're balls gonna out. They go balls out, yeah. I don't know if this was the case for you, but I mean, to me, I still feel this way, like, because mm -hmm. we we're talking about, like, uh, growing up in uh, strict households. Like, if I had fun one weekend mm -hmm. I couldn't have fun the next because exactly. I felt I'm like I'm not gonna ask my mom well I mean I was the oldest too so I have two little brothers and um, uh, you gotta take care of your oh uh, I was yeah I took care of my brothers so oh there no well, there's that yeah so MOS training you're parting your balls off you can't remember what happened no big deal no big deal where was this MOS training uh Jacksonville North Carolina oh so you're still local you're still mm -hmm. here you're just chilling yeah. shout out to Jacksonville man that place is great <laughs> hooligans was the spot to be at <laughs> shout shout out to all the all the Marines going through there now. Go shout to out Hooligans. to Hooligans, man. Get get them in business. Get let's let's yeah. get them up, you know. Get wrecked. <laughs> get fucking wrecked get at fucking Hooligans. Wrecked at Hooligans. <laughs> oh, God. They don't even sponsor me. I don't even know who the fuck they are. <laughs> Hook me up, man. Uh so after that, you get to your first unit finally, right? Yes. You guys don't go to everyone's school because that's like a too elite. Don't. That's like too elite for you guys. Like some of them go. Like you know, some I, I had we're, I had some Marines go in my everyone school, yeah. but that that's because they were like top notch stuff. So it's, it's really hard to come across a um to get your jump wings in the Yeah. Military. So it's fair to say that like everyone school is like an elite school for the Marines where it's just like another school for us. But that's cool. So finally <laughs> you get to your first unit. Where do you go to your first unit? Uh so I go back to boot camp. On the west west coast, to the boot camp to the unit, male boot camp, the yeah. unit, not actual boot. No, camp. yeah, not actual boot camp, yeah. but you can kind of say I kind of was still in boot camp because that's how I get treated. You're pretty much trade doc still. Pretty much, yeah. Oh man, where was this? MCRD San Diego. San Diego, baby! Yeah. Shout out to San Diego. That's not a bad place to get fucking it's stuck not. at. No, it wasn't. I mean, the area obviously was amazing, but going from like boot camp and getting you know haste for three months to like going back to a boot camp environment was pretty crazy and uh what what did you like about that not not besides the place and the, the unit might have been shitty but what it what, what really stood out to you um i think what i liked about that place was um the people that i met there um you meet uh some amazing freaking people um i met a lot of people from or a lot of Marines that, you know, fought in Fallujah and Baghdad and all the stories that they had to share. And, um, like the ones that did take me under their wing and like the mentorship and, um, I don't know. I think it's just like amazing to be able to be around that type of caliber of Marines, you know? Yeah. Um, 
and hearing like the stories of like um, their deployments and knocking doors and um, after the army. Gross. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, maybe I'm not. Uh, but yeah, no, it was, it was, uh, I think that was like the best part about, you know, being in that type of environment. While there was some assholes, you know, that treated me because I was an E2, mm-hmm. um, that did treat me still like a freaking recruit. Um, you had the good ones that, you know, took you under your wing and set me up for meritorious boards and Marine of the Quarter and uh, Marine of the Year. Um, so I think that was probably one of the coolest things was being able to get meritoriously promoted to E3 and then meritoriously promoted E4. And it was thanks to those type of freaking dudes that... Um, saw something in me and took care of me and molded me to be, um, I think to this day, the Marine that I am. That's what I'm fucking talking about, baby. Good leaders that hook you up, take you under their wing and, and give you the knowledge that they got. Exactly. Hell yeah. I fucking love that. Pretty much a melting pot, uh, from the, like you said, the different caliber Marine shaped you to be who you are. Yep. Yeah. I love that. Um, and I'm just going to go ahead and say this. We have a story. Uh, there's a story here that we're, that we have that's uh, on my notes as fuck them bitches. Fuck them bitches. <laughs> and I'm gonna let you take the reins on this one. Um, so one of the, the biggest things that happened to me while I was there was um, I was raped, um, which is super hard. Um, I never really told anybody for the longest. I never really talked about it. Um, but I think it's like really important to, you know, tell the stories now as I'm, you know, I've been in the Marine Corps for 15 years now. Um, and for the longest, it took me a while to heal from the type of trauma. Um, just because I never wanted to tell anyone. Um, one of the biggest t- stigmas, I think, within the military. And, you know, you talk about it all the time when you're going through the sexual assault classes. I'm sure you guys do it all the time. Um, was like, are they going to believe me? Mm-hmm. Um, am I going to look like a slut? for talking about it. There's just like so much that goes through your head when something like that happens that you just really don't feel like telling your story. Um, So I think it's important for me to now say it out loud. And so people know that, you know, it does happen because every woman or Marine or soldier, or even like anybody that any, any female that's in the military, if you just ask them, you know, um, and I know it's kind of hard to have that conversation, which is easier for another female to ask another female. But I've never came across a female in the military that doesn't have a story about either sexual assault, um, sexual harassment, or even rape. Mm. And I think it's very disheartening and it's sad that um, to sit here and say that I've never met one female that hasn't gone through something like that. Um, but to me, like now sharing my story is like, if you do go through anything like that, you need to say something, you know, um, because I didn't want to. And now that I'm older and, you know, have been in the military for as many years as I've been through, I wish I would have said something and I wish I wouldn't have been afraid to say something or would have allowed the, the stigma to, to not allow back. me to say something. Yeah. Cause I think, I feel like once somebody re- does something like that, like there's no way you're the only one, you know, yeah. there, I'm sure there's more than just you. So I think to be brave, to say something and, you know, 
be the person that stops it to not continue to allow that person to keep doing it to other females. And I think that's one thing that I wish I would have done, you know, cause mm-hmm. I don't know if he's done it, you know, more than once, but yeah. But you say this, um, Just one make, you know, women to have the courage to say something when something like that happens to them. And it helps you take back the power and it helps you take back the, power. take back the power of, of that experience. And, and, and unfortunately it does happen. And I've, I've met, um, someone that used to be close to me happened to them. Uh, it wasn't to the caliber that it happened to you, but it's something, something happened to them. And I was like, let's go report them. Yeah. And they just didn't want to, because again, the shame yeah. that, that they feel like they're bringing up on themselves. And, yeah. and, um, Honestly, it, it, it's, it sucks. It's terrible. Yeah. But I do encourage that, uh, more women, if this happens to them, then that they speak up on it because one, it helps you take back the power and it helps ensure that this person is not going to do it again. Right. And, and I'm in, in a sense, I'm glad we're sharing this, the story, uh, because it helps, uh, other women know that they're not alone. Right. Right. That they're not alone, that there is steps that you can take to bring this up, but also other women that you can talk to because right. they've probably been through the same thing as well and help exactly. you. And it'll help you, uh, and it'll help them, uh, kind of be able to cope with it. Yeah. 100%. So after this whole, uh, ordeal happens in San Diego, what happens to you then? Uh, so I asked the monitor, which is our person that gives us orders. I don't know. I think you guys call them detailers, right? Sure. Or I don't know. What do you guys call the people that give you orders? S1 or no HRC. Oh, okay. So we have actual... Human Resource Command is... We have a person, it's called our monitor, which they are responsible for giving orders to that specific MOS. Um, So I called him up and I was like, Oh, branch manager. That's what it is, yeah. So we call call him up and I'm like, hey, I want to deploy. Like, I really want to deploy. At the time, the female engagement teams were like a huge thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really wanted to do that. Um, But I needed to go to a unit that had that capability. So I remember calling my monitor and be like, hey, I want to deploy. And he's like, did you ask your staff and CEO? And I was like, no, because <laughs> I did not like my staff and CEO at the time. Yeah. Um, he was just an asshole. And um, so I was like, no, I didn't. But I, I really want to deploy. And I want you to, if you can please give me orders, like I would really appreciate it. He's like, yeah, sure. I'll give you orders. This motherfucker sent me to Washington. <laughs> Washington State. Washington State. <laughs> To an, he so I think it was like fucking payback for calling him without talking to my stuff in CO. So this okay. motherfucker sends me to fucking Washington State to another non-deployable unit. Oh fuck! And once you have fucking orders in the system, I'm sure it's the same as the air, army. Um, if you refuse those orders, like you're getting the boot. Yeah, like, you got signed deck statement. You're not fucking You're just fucking getting out. Yeah. With a bad RE code. So I was like, well, fuck. I obviously want to stay in the Marine Corps, so now I have to execute these orders. So I went up to Washington, uh, Washington State, um, and yeah, I was there for three, three years, almost three years. Anything happened at Washington State? Um, I mean, I think Washington State was a good time for me was because I was able to do a lot of like military schools. Uh-huh. Um, I was able to knock out my PME schools, which uh, is our, we need a do certain um, schools to be able to get promoted. Um, so I was able to do that. Um, I did a lot of funerals, um, which kind of sucks sometimes. Um, but I think it was a lot of just catching up on my military schools while I was up there. So the, that's kind of what I took advantage by being up there in a non-deployable unit. What other schools did you get into? 
So I was able to get my martial arts instructor school, uh, tab, which is like huge in the military. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the reasons why I wanted to do that was because I had asked to deploy and I wanted to be like a part of like deploying and I really wanted to go to Afghanistan um, and have like my part, you know, with, I guess, like giving back. With the war effort. Yeah, with the war effort, but obviously I couldn't. Um, being admin makes it a little bit hard mm-hmm. um, just because if we are in a non-deployable, you know, like you're just not going to go anywhere. Um, but I think to me, giving back to the military, that was like my way of like, let me do something worth uh, being in the military, you know? So I decided to go be a martial arts instructor. God damn. Yeah. Okay. Sabes pelear tú, verdad? Hell yeah. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, um, so pr- that's pretty much everything that happened in Washington. I met my ex-husband. That's there it is, baby. <laughs> There it is. <laughs> yeah. It's okay, man. We all have one of those. Hey, you know, they say that if you're in the military, you at least have to have one marriage, so. Yep. We both, yeah, we got that one. Hey, hey we got that one knocked out pretty early. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God, which ties into the next one. Yeah. And, uh, which ties into the next one, because we were talking about earlier, and you followed your husband. I did. To Lejeune. I followed him back to North Carolina. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. From Washington yeah. to back to North Carolina. To North Carolina. That's love. Well. That has to be love. Is it, though? I mean, if you're willing to follow another human to North Carolina. It's just North Carolina, period. It's just North Carolina. <laughs> you know, that's love. I don't care what you say. Oh, man. That I, has to be love. I guess. I mean, wasn't too wasn't too good. Obviously. Uh, well, that's okay. You know no, what? The, I'm, my, I'm being too loud. Yeah. I had my son with my then ex-husband. Yeah. Shout out to the ex-husband. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> You had your, so you re-enlisted and then you went to Lejeune and that's sure where, did. that's where you had your child, right? I did. So what was the hardest part about, uh, being a new mom in the Marines? Cause we, we talked about this earlier. Um, but there's a whole yeah. mess load of problems with being just a female in the Marines. Right. An Hispanic woman in the Marines, mm-hmm. but now you're pregnant. Yes. You have, and you're single and you're not, you're not a single mom, but you're I mean, a mother. I pretty much was fucking single. Well, you're okay. Well, so you're, <laughs> I didn't want to be too loud. I don't, you know, no shame. No, but but, but you're a mother. Well, t- tell me what what some of the hardest things were for you. So, back when I had my son, um, one of the hardest things I think was giving up my baby at such a. I think it was like six weeks. Because um, now they changed the maternity leave, right? So in 2013. Um, women and Marines or anybody in the military only got six weeks. So it's like you pop the baby and like six weeks later you were expected to go back to work. So I think that was like so freaking hard. I remember like holding, you know, my six week old baby and they're still tiny at six weeks, you know, potato. They still have that little baby breath. Yes. Like super little. Um, and having to freaking just hand that baby over, to like daycare providers, I think was so fucking hard and like putting back my uniform on, you know, and I think, I don't know, I'm sure all moms can um, relate to that. Um, But I think that was like one of the hardest things was having to go back to work and having to be a Marine, you know, Um, 
I had worked so hard previously to like establish like a like who I was as a Marine, you know, an identity of like this picture perfect like Marine. I'm not saying I was perfect, but like but you were better I strived. Than the Army. I was better than the Army. <laughs> <laughs> I strive to be like a good Marine, you know, mm-hmm. and I think the identity of like who I thought I needed to be as a Marine, it just being a mom, like it made it a little bit harder, you know, like, um, the PT was harder. Um, I don't know. It, you know, I, it was hard to find like the thin line between still wanting to be this like gun ho Marine, but I also wanted to be a good mom, yeah. you know? And I think that was like the hardest part for me is like finding, um, that line between both being a Marine and a bomb. It was just, and then I got postpartum depression. Um, so I had postpartum depression for like a year. I didn't know I had postpartum depression. Um, cause you don't really like while they talk to you about it, while you're going through when you're pregnant and after you have a baby, like when you're actually going through it, like you don't really, you're just like, Oh, maybe it's just cause I just had a baby. Um, and you don't really think about it. Um, until like a year later, I was finally diagnosed with postpartum depression. And you're like, Oh shit. Yeah. Um, cause it is hard leaving your child. Um, the expectation of, you know, having a baby and like, they still expect you to obviously PT and they still expect you to have duty and leave your kid to be this badass woman that this, you, that you still that are you still. Yeah. That you still are, but now you have a different mindset and you have a different responsibility and now you have another human that you got to think about and you got to take care of that little human. And, um, you still have Marines that you still have to take care of and their drama, mm-hmm. you know, it's like so your mom and both sides. You're yeah. You're like, how do I juggle being a good mother and how do I juggle being this Marine that I've I've been, you know, for the last eight years and now juggle my new role. Yeah. Um, so I think it's really hard. Um, I remember even having duty and I think my son was like three months and, um, what's it called? My now ex-husband was like training somewhere. I think it was like, he was in Yuma so I had like no one, you know, um, I had like no one to watch my kid. And obviously, you know, you have duty in advance. So I remember I had to call my cousin from Chicago and I had to fly her Fuck. to North Carolina so that she can come watch my son. Oh my God. Where, yeah. Cause I, I wasn't going to, I didn't trust people at that time. Yeah. That much well, I mean, too. You have a three month old. Three obviously. Month old. Yeah. And I had to leave him for 24 hours to, for duty. So it's just like, there's just a lot of um, obstacles, I feel like, as a female mm-hmm. and no shade on my fathers. But I feel like women are, you know, expected to keep this, um, I don't know. They're, they're just expected to continue to be this person. And it's like, no, no. Like it never happened. Like it never happened. It's like, no, now I have different responsibilities. And I wish, like, you would acknowledge that now I have a different role as well. Yeah. So I think that's like the hardest part about having kids in the military. What would you, what advice would you give to um, all the new mothers out there that are also in the military? To not feel shame. You know, if you are now a mother and um, that's your new role and as much as you want to continue to be a badass and you can, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time. It's going to take a little bit of time to get back to, the person that you were before you had kids and it's okay. Um, let people talk, you know, people are always going to talk. So 
just listen, you know, listen to what they have to say and don't pay any mind to them. Like people are always going to fucking talk shit. Um, and I think that's one of the things that I wish I would have known also. And like now thinking about it, it's like, I shouldn't have cared what, you know, people said about me or if they said I wasn't physically fit. It's like, I just fucking gave birth to a nine pound child. Oh my God. <laughs> like you said give, nine. Yes. Holy like shit. cut me some slack, you know? Yeah. Um, but I remember like, even like, I think I, I'm pretty sure I injured myself a little bit. Um, I had come, came back from maternity leave and my admin chief at the time was like, we're going to go on a 13 mile bike ride. And I hadn't really worked out prior to then. I just had a baby and my mentality of like, I'm this badass Marine and I'm going to do it because he's telling me to do it. And I'm going to prove him wrong that I can fucking do it. And I remember getting on the fucking bike and, um, going with them on 13 miles on this bike and I was in so much fucking pain. Um, and I just kept fucking going and I didn't, I didn't want to fucking stop. Cause I was like, no, fuck this. I'm not going to show them my weakness. Um, and I think now thinking about it, I'm like, I should have had said like, no, <laughs> you know, it's too easy to just be like, eh, no, it's I just, so I just easy had a kid. to say, no, I just had a kid, but instead the didn't want to feel shamed or didn't want to prove to them that I was weak. Um, so I did it, but I'm pretty sure I ended up hurting myself a little bit more than, yeah. um, so I think that's huge is like, don't, who cares? Who, yeah. You don't have to prove yourself to anybody. So to all the new moms out there, if you're in take the military, care of yourself. take care of yourself, be easy on yourself. Don't shame yourself for being a mom and being in the military. Yes. There is, we were talking about this earlier. There is like a, a, a weird switch of sense of identity. There is. Yeah. And like we're talking about right now, um, you, you can still be that badass that you are. Yep. It's just going to take a little bit of time. Yeah. All right. I like that. I like that. No big deal. It's nice. I like that. But you were, how long were you in in the Lejeune for? I was there for six years. Jesus Christ. Yeah. All right. And you're still, uh, well, we call it S1. You're just human resources. Yep. Nice. Any, anything, anything kind of, uh, weird come across your desk? Um, well being admin, I don't know. We don't know how like the army works as far as being admin, but we do a lot of like legal work. Um, and, Looking at like some of the freaking cases that came through my desk, I think is like some of the craziest shit I've ever seen in my life. Cause you don't really expect it. You know, um, you think about military people and you're like, Oh, they're not doing anything illegal or anything crazy like that. Not the military people. No, of no, course not. Of course not. They're straight um, arrows. <laughs> so one of the craziest, I think cases that I went like read or investigations that came through my desk was, um, we had a sergeant, and um he was having his lance corporal sleep with his um wife all right so you're gonna have to so we talked about this earlier and and i and and i I still have to kind of like physically physically regroup with this you're gonna have to really break this one down here so this sergeant pretty much like i don't know i don't i don't remember obviously it's been like years but he was um like blackmailing him or something. The um, subordinate. The, the Lance Corporal. So, yeah. Okay. So the sergeant was blackmailing the Lance Corporal. Okay. Um, I don't remember like the specifics, but every, pretty much almost every day for like a month, uh-huh. he was having him come over to his house, the uh-huh. Lance Corporal, uh-huh. and he was having his wife and the Lance Corporal have sex and he'd what just the sit f- there and watch it. Yeah. <sighs> and... 
wild. I mean, like, it's just off the wall shit. That's like some, like, shit you would hear on, like, Jerry Springer. That's weird. That's weird. You're having another dude. You're, you're forcing another you're, dude to have sex with your wife? Yes, yeah, just That's so you can weird. watch it. I hope, I hope you're living under a bridge, dude. <laughs> so the Lance Corbett, I think, after, like, a month was like, I'm done. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, I'm really uncomfortable. His wife was also being forced. You know, it wasn't even, like, something that his wife wanted. He was forcing both the Lance Corporal and his wife to do it. Um, so it was just, it's just some weird shit, man. Um, People in the military be into some weird shit, man. Yeah. And, you know, they they both said, like, yeah, neither of us wanted this. It was just, like, something that was being forced upon us. And we're just, like, just reading the investigation, I'm just, like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, at what point do you just wake up one day and be like, I want my Lance Corbett to fuck my wife? That's like, weird. It is. It's like, why? What was, and I don't remember what the motive was. I remember, like, obviously, I, I saw the whole thing through until, I think he went to the brig for a few, maybe like two. And the brig is jail? Jail. Okay. Yeah, he served a few times, a few years there. Anything, anything, uh, any other thing memorable happened in uh, Lejeune? And I'm stuttering <laughs> over my words because this thing is really cutting into my mouth, dude. I think the other bigger one, or the biggest one was, um, you really never know like who you're talking to, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I remember there's this mass sergeant um, who had just checked into the unit and I would talk to this dude about my kids, you know, like all the time. And we would have conversations and he would tell me about his kids. And one of the things that he used to do was brew uh, beer on the weekends. So like on Monday he would come and um, he would bring us beer um, and we would just have like, you know, conversations about how our weekend went and he seemed like a normal dude. Uh, well, his ex, well, I don't know. I don't know if they're still married or not. I hope not. Um, he, his wife reported him to uh-huh. the command cause he caught him, um, raping his stepdaughter. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, so I remember when we found that out, we were just like, dude, we talked to this dude every Jesus. day and we would never know. Like, you would never know. You yeah. just never know who you're talking to and, like, what they're capable of. And I think that's, like, one of the biggest things in the military is, like, you just fucking don't know who these fucking sick individuals are. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, that goes to show you, you don't know who people are yeah. and what they're into because they mm-hmm. could be doing some fucked up shit. Yeah, and you'll just never know. I mean, they always they always say, whatever you do on the weekend is your business, but, but not, not really. Not that. I no, mean, that's d- fucking disgusting. Yeah, don't do shit like that. Yeah. That's part of your fucking safety brief. Don't fucking do shit don't like do that. Don't do stupid shit like that. Jesus Christ. Oh, that's my God. disgusting. So after Lejeune, right, and you see all this fucking shit go down. So um, much shit. I mean, I'm sure Fort Bragg's pretty crazy, too. I, I the, love this place. Some of the stories that come out of this place are pretty wild, too. This, is, this place, is, this is a great place. Yeah. Center of the universe, you know? Yeah, yeah. just crazy. And that's why it's the army, because it's the center of the universe. Anyways, um, <laughs> so... Right. So what happens um, uh, during Lejeune, and where do you go after? Um, so after Lejeune, obviously I had my kids there. Um, from there I get orders. Well, I get divorced, and then I get Shout orders. out to divorce, baby. Divorce, yeah. Shout out to divorce. Um, and then I get orders to Hawaii. So, so That's not bad. That's not a bad place to go after a fucking divorce. No, because I would have fucking stayed there, you know? Yeah. Just because that's where his job was. So mm-hmm. I could have... Just stayed there for my whole career. So Jesus. Divorce was good for me. I was able to escape <laughs> Lejeune. <laughs> I mean, you got divorced and then you went to Hawaii. And that's fucking awesome. Hawaii, like, that, yeah. Yeah, you that's know? fucking awesome. You said, like, some people go through, like, depression after divorce. 
Not you. Not me. <laughs> I was fucking happy. <laughs> I saw the rainbows, literally. <laughs> it was oh, nice. Shit. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I mean, I like that for I you. I went to fucking paradise after divorce. Sounds like it. Not many can say that. Uh-uh. Because everybody, I mean, you always think about your action. You're like, well, you took me to the lowest part of my life. Shit, Thanks. No, he took me to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> Not him, technically, but, yeah. you know. The whole experience with him the, took you to Hawaii. Yeah, shit. So now you're in Hawaii, and I'm pretty sure it was a shit because you're just traveling Hawaii's, around Hawaii, just partying and having amazing. fun. Well, no, I did not party just because I, I was a mom. I was single parent. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. But you have your mom fun, like bingo, brunch. Yeah, sure. I don't know what moms do for fun. I hang out with my kids a lot. There you go. Well, that's still fun. Yeah, I take them to the beach, a lot of hiking. See, there you go. Yeah. Are you rucking or actually hiking? Oh, no, we hiked. Like... Without a backpack. Without a backpack. Got it. So that's hiking. <laughs> there you go. That's a callback. I don't make the rules in the Marine Corps, okay? That's a callback. So, uh, so do you? So do you deploy at this point? I do. To Afghanistan. Um, I wish. Australia. So that's a tour. Got it. <laughs> you know, Australia was a crazy. It was crazy. Tell me about it. Um. So, while well, Australia is paradise too. Um, we had a death in Australia while we were deployed there. Um, and I was the casualty officer for that Marine and his family. Um, so the Marine involved was ejected out of the Humvee. Um, oh, shit. As a rollover or something? Um, so I guess they were going too fast on, like, you know, on a road. And in Australia, the road, well, where we were, the, there's like bumps and stuff, you know, so you yeah. can't really be speeding um so they hit a bump and yeah it rolled over and the marine got ejected out of the humvee um so like he was like thrown into like a tree um so he was like he lost a lot of blood before he even got to the hospital um but we were able to get his dad Mm -hmm. to we flew him from virginia over to australia um and i was the cackle for that which was the casualty officer um so I was responsible for like that moral support for that father. Um, and um, I pretty much was the one that was like sitting next to me and another Marine. Um, we said bedside with him throughout like the whole time um, while his son was on the, in the hospital. Um, but unfortunately, you know, I was like the translator and cause he s- spoke very limited English. Um, and I was the one that, you know, relayed the messages from the doctors to the father. And, like, one of the biggest things that, like, always, you know, hold dear and near to my heart was the time that I had to tell the father that, you know, it was time to pull the plug. Um, that there was, like, nothing that could have been, there's nothing that could be done anymore. You know, the the only reason why his son remained alive was because, you know, there was a machine plugged to him or plugged into him. And that's the machine was keeping him alive. Um, so I think it's like super hard for me because I sometimes feel guilty. I think, um, that, um, the reason why he made the decision, you know, and it's like, even though the doctors were saying that there was like nothing that could have been done, Uh um, it's still something that's like kind of hard for me to process and not feel guilty. Um, because I'm like the messenger, you know? Um, and I remember him like, just like looking at me and like asking me like, should I do it? And I'm like, it's so hard because it's like 
the doctors are saying that like there's nothing that can be done so it's like how do I sit here and tell the father not to do it when it's like you're just like delaying the process you know of like why was it why why couldn't anything be done it was just in a coma no I mean he had so many you know holes in his body Mm -hmm. that there was like nothing that could be done like he was even though there was like blood pumping through him like there was just like nothing he was losing blood as he was getting yeah like there was just like nothing that could be done um so it's like really there's just like nothing you know um so he finally you know um we he pulled the plug and then you know within seconds like he passed away so i think that's like one of the most um saddest things that i've ever had to do in the marine corps um so while i've never you know deployed and i've never been to combat um I think Marines still sometimes have to go through like hard or anybody in the military have to go through like hard times in the military. Um, I think that was my, yeah, we have, we all have our own, uh, demons or trauma to face. Yeah. And just because you've never been deployed doesn't mean you, uh, things don't, things don't just flash back to you. Right. Cause I'm sure, I'm sure you see something and it flashes you, it flashes you back to that moment and the emotions yeah. just start coming up all over again. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy how your brain is like wired to remind you of certain things, you know? Um, like I was telling you earlier, there's like a few times where if I see like the, the silver, you know, I can still, you know, certain smells just come right back. Yeah. And I, I I don't have to be anywhere around, around that type of smell. It just, my brain, like, it just brings it up. Yeah. Just brings it right back up. Yeah. I think it's, it's crazy how your brain works and, when you think about PTSD and, you know, everybody that has deployed in the military and have gone through war and it just makes you, you know, I don't know. It makes me sad to think about things like that. Cause it's like the fact that like people have gone through war and, you know, they've seen the, the worst in war and they have to live through that. I don't know. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah. And like we said, again, it, it just goes to show you that, that everybody's fighting their own battles yep. and just cause they've never deployed doesn't mean they're not fighting their own battles. Right. So um, on a lighter note, right, so you, you this this all happens in Australia, mm-hmm. and do you, you, you come back to Hawaii. I do, yeah. Okay, you come back to Hawaii, and then you get orders to good old Fort Bragg. Yes. I like that. Yeah, but I, COVID hits. Oh, shit, okay. Yeah, so you have what to you deal do? with freaking COVID and... Um, all that good stuff. Did you like COVID? No. <laughs> what? No, there's a lot I of never, time for yourself. I never got COVID. But the, the lockdown and all that but stuff. But the lockdown sucked. Yeah. yeah. But we, I was in Hawaii, so it was nice. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of beach time. Oh, God. So I'm going to go ahead. So then, then, you, get, uh, then you get orders to, to good recruit Bragg. in Fort Bragg. Hell yeah. Uh, how are you liking Bragg? I don't mind it. It's great. It's a good, it's okay. Okay. It's the center of the universe. It's an okay place. All oh, right. <laughs> All right, Fort Bragg's is shit, all right? And it's not Fort Liberty, it's fucking Fort Bragg still. Yep. <laughs> so, all right, so before we wrap up, I'm going to go ahead and ask you a couple questions. Uh, just in true Webwoods fashion, I just ask questions at the very end. Um, went through a couple of these, but I'll only go ahead and ask you a little bit of them. Uh, what was your best moment in the Marines? Um, I think for me, the best moment in the Marine Corps is um, the opportunity to go to different places that like I would never 
Australia. Yeah. Even though like Australia will always have like, like a deep meaning in my life. Um, I was still got to do like some interesting stuff while I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, Australia, if you've never been, I think everybody needs to experience Australia. Um, I mean, Outback Steakhouse is pretty much the same thing. Sure. <laughs> um, if I, for me, if I wouldn't have joined the military, I don't think I would have, I don't know. I say that now, but yeah. who knows? I don't think I would have ever left Chicago or. Yeah. And that's, and that's a reality for a lot of us. Yeah. Like I just don't think I would have ever left, you know, yeah. I probably would be married to little fucking little teardrop with, <laughs> <laughs> with, eight, <laughs> with eight kids fucking cleaning the kitchen. <laughs> a teardrop. You know, I don't know. I don't fucking know. I don't. <laughs> I don't know what my life would be like <laughs> if I never left fucking Chicago. You know? Married to a teardrop. Little, little chill. Yeah, little teardrop. You know. Oh God! <laughs> Holy shit! All right. I don't know. You know, the possibilities are endless. Jesus Christ! All right. So so I think that's one of the biggest things I love about the military is everywhere it's taken me. Yeah, you get to you get new scenery. Yeah. You, know, you never get tired, really. Yeah. Well, sometimes you do. Um, what's one thing that you would change about the Marine Corps? Um, not a goddamn thing, because the Marine Corps is the best. Exactly, <laughs> you said it. Thank you. No, I don't. It's kind of hard. I don't know if I would change. Um, I think maybe if we go back to like the whole female thing, like the stigma yeah. of. Um, women in the Marine Corps are like the 1%. Mm -hmm. Um, And we, which is, again, I don't know. I've never been in the Army and I've never been in the Navy and I've never been in any of the other branches. I can only talk about, you know, being in the Marines. Um, Just like the pressure that is put on like women Marines. I feel like throughout the fucking years we have um, proven ourselves to be these fucking amazing um people that bring so much to the plate. And I think that's like one of the things that I would maybe change in the Marine Corps is like women are not going anywhere and we're here to change stay. the stigma on women Yeah, in the, in the Marines. Yeah. Like, um, I follow this female Marine on Instagram and, um, uh, she was like talking about shout her up. Shout what the? Out, I forgot her name. It's like <laughs> iron something, <laughs> iron something. Shout out to you. Um, I can't think of her name right now. Um, but she said something along the lines of, what I just said, you know, like women never got drafted. Like mm-hmm. we've never been female. Females have never been drafted. Females have always volunteered to join the military. Yet we are still uh, held to this standard of like, we're not great yet. No one has ever made women Marines join the military. We actually do it because we want to fucking do it. So like, why do we continue to have this stigma of females in the military when we actually go to the fight and mm-hmm. not be drafted to be part of the fight? Damn, that's spicy. So, yeah. Oh, I like that. Yep. Damn, that motivated me. You're welcome. <sighs> Got me shaking in my wet <laughs> boots now. Damn. Um, I can't read right now. It's really fuck. It's really fun. <laughs> I, I I can't fucking breathe or read. Sorry. Um, oh, we let you like this one. What words would you share with the worst leader you've ever experienced? Fuck you. Yeah, all right. Fat bitch. <laughs> I hope you're living under a bridge with a fucking heroin needle under your fucking Seriously, veins. Seriously, though. You know, so really, though, I 
make fun of this or call him names, but he really was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so years later, um, I found out because I still, I'm still friends with his wife. So this motherfucker, yeah, she's cool peoples. Um, this motherfucker would, this was all, well, I was said actually at MCUD San Diego. Um, he would make us stay at work till sometimes 8 p.m. And me and my NCO would have to buff all the floors in the building. We would have to clean the bathrooms. Um, every day? Every fucking day. Uh. He would leave us there till for like a good month, maybe almost two months. Um, he would make us do this for like almost two months. Um, and he would tell us that he would go to the store or who knows what the fuck he was doing. Meanwhile, me and my NCO were they're busting our asses, filing paperwork, shredding, whatever the fuck is, maybe we were there till almost, um, 2000. Um, and he would fucking call and be like, are you guys still there? And we'd be like, yeah, like where the fuck you want us to go? Like, we're waiting for you to get back. And he'll be like, I'll be back in 15 minutes. And then, so we, me and him would just be sitting at like our desk and we'd just be waiting for him. And his wife would call. And then he'd be like, if my wife calls, just tell her. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. He'd be like, if my wife calls, just tell her that I went to the store. Ooh. So we didn't know. Obviously, we didn't know fucking better. So if she would call, we'd be like, oh, he ran to the PX, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, well, years later, I was talking to his wife or ex-wife now. Um, and I was like, um, I was telling her about how he like did that shit to us. And she'd be like, well, you know where he was at, right? And I was like, no. The store? <laughs> yeah, I was like, the store? <laughs> the PX? Getting coffee? I don't know. He was like, no, he was cheating on her. Oh, shit. Yeah, he had like a whole like identity. Oh, he had fuck. this girl that he had met from like Mexico, um, <sighs> had put her in like an apartment by herself and that's where he would fucking go oh. and she found out like years later oh jeez and then she told me that and i was like so you're telling me that for two fucking months i was buffing floors just so this motherfucker can go cheat on his wife <laughs> the fuck <laughs> i mean like it was just crazy to me like the shit oh, the audacity of <sighs> The commitment. The commitment. The commitment to the extra you know relationship what? is Good wild. Job, you know, I'm just saying <laughs> that that takes a lot of fucking commitment yes. to be married and have a whole ass relationship whole ass on the relationship side, man. On the side while you're hazing your Marines at work. Yeah, that 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 just adds an extra layer to it. Like we were part of his plan. Yeah, he lied about his location. But how does that make you feel? Way to go! You aided and embedded. I, in yeah, the, in I a, helped with his cheating without wow. knowing. Way to go! Yeah. Disappointing you, Marine. Horrible. <laughs> but, but, yeah. you, but you guys didn't know, though. So no. fuck, fuck you. Fuck yeah. that guy. Fuck you. Yeah. That guy. Uh, last question. What, or second to last question. What, what advice would you give to anyone mm-hmm. coming out of either boot camp or basic training? Um, geez. That's like yeah. a loaded It is a loaded potato. Um, I don't know. I think... I think we really are hard on ourselves a lot um i don't know i say that now too as well because now that i think about it but enjoy the process of wherever the military is going to take you mm-hmm. um 
it's going to go up and down and it's going to go by so fast and it's going to go by so fast. I mean, shit, you know, we're talking here about boot camp, and I feel like it was just yesterday and I've been in the Marine Corps for now going on 16 years. Jeez. Um, it is, it, it happens in like a blink of an eye. Um, mm-hmm. but enjoy the fucking ride, man. Yeah. Um, the military can be a really good place or it can be a really horrible place. And it really depends on like how you, yeah. well, one, your attitude, I think your attitude, how you're going to handle it, um, what you really expect from it, you know, um, have a system. Like, a, I think one of the biggest things for me is, like, the people that I've grown up in the Marine Corps with and who I keep in my corner and um, the accountability. Um, I think it's really good to have people that are willing to uh, keep you accountable. You know, you can't have those people in the military that just let you fucking go crazy and do off the wall shit and get you in trouble and um that don't care about you and just let you do stupid shit i think you need to have people that will be like hey you're going down this fucking path and you need to fucking come back over here or you're gonna go to jail it takes somebody who go to jail (laughs) go to jail or some shit you know you need you need people in your corner and you make sure you choose those right people. But it takes if, somebody special to be able to pull you back and be like, hey, you're being a fucking yeah, idiot. Yeah, you're being a fucking idiot. And yeah. I think everybody needs those type of people. Um, so I think that's one of the biggest advice that I would give people is make sure you have good people in your corner. And enjoy the time. And enjoy your fucking ride. In enjoy the, the fucking ride because it is quite a ride. It's bumpy as and fuck. And the very last question, would you do it all over again? I would. Hell yeah. That's what I'm talking about. I haven't had somebody that says no. Fuck that. <laughs> No, I would fucking do it. Hell yeah, I like 100%. it. 100%. Um, I don't know. I've enjoyed my time as a Marine. I still do. Um, obviously, with everybody, I think everybody has their rough times, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. Hell yeah. The Marine Corps has taught me a lot of good things, and it's given me a lot of good things. Um, I can provide a good lifestyle for my kids. Um, and while it is rough at times, I think being in the military has been one of the greatest things I've ever done. So. That's what I'm talking about, baby. Yeah. That. That's what I'm talking about, baby. Hold on. Yeah. Yep. Are we going to start singing the, the Marine hymn now? Oh, From the, the halls of Montezuma to, to the, the walls of Tripoli. Excuse me? They fucked up. They fucked up. Okay. <laughs> well, Sandra, it's been, it's, been, uh, it's been a great time having you here on the podcast. You've had quite an extensive career, and you've, been, you've definitely been through some hard times. Yes. And just goes to show you that, uh, again... Just because you never deployed doesn't mean you never been through some hard times. Yes. Uh, in true wet boots fashion, I'd like to I'd like to present to you so, uh, some of our stickers that we have here. Yeah. Uh, you can't see it, but if you can't, well, then too fucking bad because you can only get them if you're a guest on here. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks for having me. Thank you once again for coming for coming on and telling your story and let the, and let the people know where they can find you on your social media. Um, Barbara. Uh huh. <laughs> I mean, you can tag me, right? Gonna yeah. Okay. You can find me when he texts me. Plug your. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really though, uh, listen to my podcast. Yeah, make you sure wanna, to follow Barbara. Listen to some drama. Make sure to follow Sandra or Barbara, Barbara on social media for some fitness inspiration and check out the One Thing or Another podcast. Follow us on the Wet Boots podcast at yes. Wet Boots underscore Pod uh, on TikTok at Wet Boots Pod. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, my name is Leo, and I don't have a catchphrase yet. <laughs> Fuck them bitches.